Hi and welcome to Etalmud 2.0. We are now on Yotas Amad Aleph, 19A in Chagiga. And we um, basically just had said um, in response to a question that um, if you, that um, for Chulin, for non, um, for non sacred things, that you want to um, that you want to eat or that you want to come in contact with, you don't need to have any sort of intention when you are going to the mikvah. Um, you don't need to have any sort of intention um, that you are specifically um, becoming pure in order to be able to eat chulin. Whereas everything above the level of chulin does require specific intention. And now we're going to ask this question: From where do we know that chulin? does not require intention when going to the mikvah. It's not because we learned in a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah in mikvahos. Gal shenitlash uvo arbaim sa'ah. If you have a wave, and the wave detached from the ocean, and in that wave there was 40 sa'ah of water, so it was quite a big wave, the type that you would surf on. V'nafa al ha'adam v'al ha'kelim. And this detached wave then fell on a person or it fell on vessels. Tahorin, they become tahor, they become pure. And now this is the proof. Katani Adam Dumya Dekalim. The Mishnah lumps together the pure the, the man and the vessels. Um, as if to teach us that man is going to be a parallel case to that of utensils. Ma kalim delomachavni, just like as utensils do not have intention when they are immersing, and yet they still became pure. Af Adam Delomachabin, so too the person we're referring to a case where he does not intend, he has no intention when purifying, when immersing in this wave. And yet the Mishnah says that he is Tahar, so obviously you do not need to have intention to purify yourselves for Chulun. Umimai. Now the question is, is from what, from where do you see this? Dilma biyoshev umetsape emasai Perhaps we're dealing with a case where the person is sitting and anticipating when the wave is going to become detached. And having intention to purify himself in that wave, v'kelim dumya da adam, and 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 in reality, the case of the vessels is similar to the case of human beings. Ma adam devar kavana, and we say just like a person who is capable of having intention, af kelim, so too the case of vessels here, dimachavin lo, it's where the human being has intention for them. Now, what is so so basically what we're saying is is that the proof you brought isn't good, and that in reality we should look at it at the, in the converse. And just like a human being can have intention, so too a vessel can. And we'll say that the human being was waiting to immerse in this wave, and the human being was intending about the vessels that they should wait to be immersed in this wave. So um so we are talking about a case of intention. Now maybe you're going to respond that if the case is where the person is sitting and anticipating the wave coming, then why does the mission need to state its ruling? It's obvious. If you are having intention to immerse in a wave and the wave immersed you, then of course you're going to be purified. So what what is the what is the Mishnah coming to teach us then? So the answer to that is, is you know, you may have thought, you may have thought that immersing in a detached wave would be would not work as a decree 
um, lest one come to immerse in a torrent of rainwater that's running down a steep mountain slope, which we say does not work for the mikvah. Um, we look at it as um, each drop of water is dis disconnected from the other. Um, and we may have thought that just like you cannot immerse in that, we would decree that you also cannot immerse in a wave. Inami, or perhaps we would say, Nigzer Russian Atu Kefin. Perhaps we should decree that um, the um, heads of the waves, on account of the arch of the wave, in other words, maybe we would say that although by the letter of the law you're allowed to immerse in a detached wave, that's only the head of the wave but not in the arch of the wave, not in the middle of the wave. And because you're not allowed to immerse in the middle of the wave, you may have thought that we make a decree that we also will not allow you to immerse in the head of the wave. And that's why the mission is necessary to teach us that we don't make either of the two decrees. We don't make a decree atu, the case of the torrent of rainwater running down the mountain. And we don't make a decree atu, the case, or because of the case of the arch of the wave. And that's the novelty of the Mishnah, that the that as long as you are immersing in the head of the wave, it will work. Um, but certainly we are there is no proof here that a lack of intention allows you to purify for Hulan. And now we're going to ask a question. And now as a side question, from where do you know that we should say that you're not allowed to immerse in the arch of a detached wave? Because we learned in Abraisa, that you are allowed to purify yourself or immerse, I'm sorry, in the head of a wave, and you're not allowed to um, immerse yourself in the arch of the wave. Because you're not allowed to immerse in mid-air, which would be the reality of immersing in the arch of a, of a wave. Okay. So now we are still have to find a source for this idea that for Hulin, you do not need to have intention when immersing. And that's what we're going to be after now. Elameha, rather we learn it from here. Ditznan, we learned in a Mishnah. If you have fruit that fell in to a channel of water, upashat mi and somebody whose hands were impure stretched them out, unatalan, and took the fruit outside of, out of the channel of water. Yadav Tahoros, his hands are pure. So we see very clearly he was only he was not intending to purify his hands. And yet we say his hands are pure, obviously that's going to be for Khulin. Another ruling, Uperos Enon Bichiyutan. And the produce is not included in the law law of Bichiyutan or Kiyutan if water is placed. What is this a reference to? We learn from the wording of the Torah that in order for produce to become, to be able to contract ritual impurity, they have to be wet. But it's a specific type of wet. They have to be bichiyutan. They have to be a wetness that you either brought upon it purposely, or it has to be a wetness that, um, that, um, that was placed on the produce with the person's approval. So we say, number one, if he stuck his hands into this channel, his hands become pure. So we have a, a source for this idea that for Hulan, you do not need to have intention of purification. And number two, we say that the produce are not included in the law of the water being placed on the fruit for, with the owner's intention, the owner's approval. And therefore, they cannot contract ritual impurity. However, the im bishvil but... 
if he puts his hands into this channel of water in order to rinse his hands. And and as he's doing it, he also grabs the produce. Then Yadav Tahoros. Then his hands are Tahor. Vehaperos and the fruit, Harehein Bechiyutan, they actually are considered fruit that the water was placed on with the approval of the owner. Because retroactively, once we see that he wanted to get his hands wet, um, now all of a sudden the water serves a purpose. So even though he may not necessarily have wanted the fruit to get wet, the fruit falling in served as, as a reason then for him to put in his hands, which anyways wanted to be rinsed. So therefore it's considered that the fruit was placed in the water or got wet with the approval of the owner. Okay, so now we're going to ask a question on this proof. But what we do see, though, regardless, is that you put your hands in the channel, you didn't have intentions for them to purify, and yet they still purified. Now, Rabbah asks a question on Rav Nachman from our Mishnah. If you immersed yourself for Chulin, and you intended to purify yourself only for Chulin, then you're prohibited from eating Meister Shein. In. So the implication is, is that if he intended to immerse himself to eat chulin, then he can do so. Lo lo, but the, inte- the the implication is, is that if he did not intend to immerse himself for chulin, that he's not even allowed to eat chulin. So this doesn't seem to be the, the greatest question. And we immediately answer it. No. What the Mishnah is telling us is as follows. Even though you intended to immerse yourself for chulin, also a master, you're still going to be prohibited from eating maaser. But certainly, um, we can still say that if you in, if you did not have intention to purify even for chulin, you can still become pure for chulin. Okay. Uh, but now we're going to continue quoting from our Mishnah to continue to question this idea that you don't need intention to purify for chulin. Asvei asked a question. Rabbah again challenges Rav Nachman. For as follows, it says, if you did a tevila, if you pure, if you did an immersion, but you did not have intention for anything, you just had intention to bathe. It's as if you didn't even go to the mikvah. Now, my love, now seemingly, wouldn't the implication be that it's as if you did not immerse yourself at all? So we see that that if you did not have intention, it's as if you didn't immerse yourself at all, including for chulin. So this would seem to be a good question on Rav Nachman's um, in, um, inference that you do not need to have intention for chulin. So he answered, lo, no. What the Mishnah means is, ki lo It's as if you did not immerse for maaser aval tavala chulin. But certainly, um, you still works, it still works as an immersion for chulin. So now, hu savar dachi kamadchile. So at first... Um, Rabbah thought that Rav Nachman was merely pushing him off with his response, but not really giving a legitimate response. However, Rabbah went out, investigated, and discovered that Rav Nachman was correct. The Tanya, because we learned in Abraisa, if you immerse but do not have intention for anything, you're still prohibited from eating maaser, but you are still, but you are permitted to eat chulun. And that is the end of that idea. Okay, now we're going to talk about another point that was brought up that we learned, which is the idea that if someone immerses himself with the intention for a lower level of sanctity, you're still considered impure for higher levels of sanctity. And now we're going to talk more about this. Amr Abelazar Abelazar said, Tava Allah. 
if you immersed yourself and then you got up from the mikvah and you didn't have intention for any specific level of purity, machzik atzmo l'chol So after coming out of the mikvah, you can intend, you can then have your intention and purify yourself for whatever level you want to be purified for. So that's an interesting idea. So you immersed yourself without intention. Um, meaning without intention for any specific type of purification. You specifically had in mind for purification, but not for a specific level. So what Rabbi Lazar is saying is that when you come out, from, even when you come out, you are still able to kind of to, to, to direct what that intention was all about and decide um, what level of purification the, that, that immersion was for. Now we ask a question on this. If you still had one foot in the water, so if you had one foot in the water, so you weren't completely out of the mikvah like the Rebbe Lazar's case, you still had one foot in the water, then we say that if he had originally had intention for a less stringent level, or you can still change your intention for something more stringent. Allah, but if you came out completely, you can no longer go back on your original intention. My love, Now, seemingly, the way that first we want to understand this is that it means that you cannot intend at all. Not that you can't go back on your original intention. It means that you cannot intend at all once you're out of the mikvah, which would seem to contradict Rabbi Lazar, who says, um, who says that once you come out of the mikvah, you still are able to have intention for a certain level. So we say, no, no, you're misunderstanding the brisa. The way to really understand the brisa is, odehu, if you still have one foot in the water, even if you had originally intended for something else, you may switch that intention as long as you still have one foot in the water. Allah, and once you ascend it, if you had not had intention for any level, you are still allowed to have intention at that point. For any level, and if you had already had intention for a specific level, then you can no longer switch your intention to a different level. Okay, now we're going to talk about the next idea. The next idea um, that we're going to talk about um, is based on the price that we just mentioned, that if you have one foot in the water, you can even switch your intention. And now we're going to ask, who is it that is the teacher of this law? Mantana, who is the Tana that taught that Odehu Raglo Achaspamaim that even if that as long as you still have one foot from the water, you can change your intention from your original intention. Amar Rabbi Pedas, Rabbi Pedas says Rabbi Yehuda. He, it's Rabbi Yehuda. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah as follows. Mikvah shenimdad ve'yeshbo arba'im sa'a mechuvanos. If you have a mikvah that was measured and it had exactly forty sa'a of water, which is the exact minimum amount of water that a mikvah can have. And two people went in and immersed themselves one after another. So the second person immersed himself after the first person had completely came out of the mikvah. So what do we say? The first one is, the first one to go in is Tahor. His immersion works. And then the second one, because the first person went out and obviously took a little bit of water with him. So the second person's immersion does not work because it's not a 40 sa'a of water. Alma Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Im raglav If the feet of the first person are still in the water, and at that point is when the second person emerges, the second person is tahor, his immersion is good. 
So what do we see from Yehuda? We see this idea that as long as your foot is still in the water, we see that as, as if you are still immersed, as if that water that is on you is still in the mikvah. And therefore, the second person to go in, to, to immerse, as long as it's in that scenario, it's as if he immersed in a mikvah that had 40 saw. So we can say then that it's Rabbi Yehuda who teaches that if you, as long as you have a foot still in water, you can change your intention. Omar Rav Nachman, Omar Rabba Baravua, Rav Nachman said, in the name of Rabba Baravua, Machlokes Bemalos The dispute is only regarding the standards of the rabbis. Um, but when it comes to Tuma and Tahara, but when it comes to biblical purity and impurity, then everybody agrees the second person is going to be impure, even if the first person still has his feet in the water. So what we're clarifying here, what we're saying here, is that this dispute that we just brought about the second person being purified, if the first person has their feet in the water, that's only if the person is purifying um, from a rabbinic impurity. But if they're trying to purify from a biblical impurity, then it does not work. You have to be more stringent. And this goes well with what Rav Pedas says. Because Rav Padas was the one that said that if you, if your feet are still in the water, sorry, Rav Padas is the one that said that it's Reb Yehuda that would say that um, that um, if your foot is still in the water, you can change your intention. And we're seeing that Rav Nachman qualifies that it's only by something of a rabbinic in nature, and that case of the Brisa where the person was switching his intention was specifically talking about a case that was rabbinic in nature. Ikada Amri, but some say the following version of Rav Nachman's qualification of the case of the two people going in, in, in going to the mikvah one after the other. Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rav Baravua, Rav Nachman said in the name of Rav Baravua, Machlokes mituma The dispute if the second person is um, the dispute about the second person being purified, if the first person still has his foot in, that's a, that's only true if a person is going from biblical impurity to purity. That's where this dispute exists. However, if the person immerses only to purify themselves according to something that's just an impurity that's rabbinic in nature, then everybody agrees, then everybody agrees, even the second person is purified. Upliga de Rabbi Padas, and then this statement would argue with Rabbi Padas, because Rabbi Padas was the one that said that Rabbi Yehuda is the one that holds that if you have one foot still in, you can switch your intention. But that was a case that was rabbinic in nature. And if that was a case that was rabbinic in nature, according to the most recent statement of Rabbi Nachman, both the rabbis and Rabbi Huda agree that if it's rabbinic in nature, then the second person's tevila immersion will be good as long as the first person still has his foot in. So it wouldn't just be Rabbi Huda that would allow you to change your intention if your foot still is in, but rather the sages would as well. Okay, Amar Ula. Now Ula asks as follows. Uh, Ula says as follows. I asked of Rabbi Yochanan, I'm sorry. I asked of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yehuda, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, who says that having one foot in makes a massive difference. What is the law 
about immersing needles and spinning forks on the head of the first person while his feet are still in the water. So a person still has his feet in the water. Um, and now you want to immerse your fork. Just putting it on the person's head, make it as if it is immersed in the mikvah. And what's the question? Do we say that the principle of extend and lower Rabbi Huda accepts good asik lesle, whereas the principle of extend and raise he does not? Or good odilma, or perhaps good asik nami isle, he also holds of the idea of good asik, which is extend and raise. So what does this all mean? So um, what this means is as follows. In halacha, in Jewish law, there's a concept of good achis, which means that if we have, um, let's say in this case, we have water on this person's head, um, and do we see that that water, um, it's as if it goes all the way down, even though it's up high, um, there's a halachic method where something, if there's a substance and then a space, um, in certain scenarios, we can see the substance going downwards into that space, and it's as if there is no longer that empty space. Good asik is exactly the same thing, just this time it's rising. So there's a substance on the bottom, and then there's an empty space. And in halacha, there's a, there's a, there's a method in which we can see the substance rising to fill that empty space. So what we're asking is, is Rabbi Yehuda, what would he say about... This guy who has his feet still in the water, and you put a fork on his head. Um, does he hold of good achis and good asik? Does he hold that we can see something going downwards in filling space as well as going upwards in filling space, or only going downwards? And here, what would be necessary is to see something going upwards in filling space. Basically, you need the mikvah waters to come upwards and fill that space. Um, and fill the space that's missing between the water that's on his head and the mikvah itself. So we answer as follows. Amarli. So he said to Ula, um, so Rabbi Yochanan said to Ula that this is Tinisuha. You have learned the answer in Abraisa. Shalosh gemamios banacha. There are three holes on the slope of a valley. Ha'elyona, ha'tachtona, ve'hem sa'is. You have an upper one, a lower one, and then a middle one. The upper and lower ones, those have 20 sa'a full of water, which is not enough for a mikvah. You need 40 sa'a. And the middle one contains 40 sa'a. And you have a torrent of rainwater that passes between the three holes and in a way connects each one of the holes through the water of the torrent. And what do we see? Rabbi Huda, Omer, Rabbi Huda says, Mer Haya Omer, Mer used to say, you may immerse yourself in the upper one, um, but we do not say that you can immerse yourself in the lower one. So what does this mean? So it means that he holds that um, if you can go in the upper one, that means we say good asik, which means you can say going up and, um, and extending and raising. So basically you have the middle hole, which has 40 sa'a in it, and we can see that as if it raises and it fills or is a continuation of the mikvah of the hole that is um, above it. Um, so therefore, you are allowed to do that. So we see that the fact that Rabbi Huda just quotes Rabbi Meir's ruling, 
without um, without any sort of comment. We can assume that he agrees with it, and therefore we can say that in this scenario, he would hold good asik. He would hold extending and raising, and um, and therefore the fork on this guy's head can be considered as if it went into the mikvah. Now we ask Vahatanya, but wait a minute, didn't we learn in a different Braisa? Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, now we're on Yotesama Bays 19b. Mer um, Haya Omer, Mer used to say, Matbil Bel Yonah, you can immerse yourself in the upper one. Ba'ani Omer, but me, Rabbi Huda, I say, Betachtona Velo Bel Yonah, you can only immerse yourself in the lower one, but not in the upper one, which would then obviously mean that Rabbi Huda holds that you can extend and lower, but not extend and raise. And if you can't extend and raise, then in the case of the forks, it would not be considered a proper tevila, a proper immersion. Amar so Rabbi Yochanan agreed and said, Itanya Tanya, if this is what was stated explicitly in Abraisa, so it was stated, and I do not have a proof, um, and my proof falls away. Okay, now we're going to talk about the next part of, a, of our Mishnah, which went as follows. We talked about someone that immerses in Chulin and intends to purify himself for Chulin. And we said that he's prohibited to eat Maeser Sheni. Mani Masnisen, who is the Tana of our Mishnah? Rabbanon he. These are the rabbis, the Shani Lehu Ben Chulin Maeser, who distinguish between Chulin and Maeser Sheni and say that they are two level, different levels of sanctity, not the same levels of sanctity. Ema Seifa, but then let's take a look at the next part of the Mishnah where we said, Big Day Am Haaretz Midrash Leprusim. We said that the clothing of an Am Haaretz somebody that isn't careful with Tuma and Tahara, with purity and impurity, we said that his clothing has to be treated as a high level of Tuma, as a high level of impurity for Prussian, for people that try to be careful to eat even their Chulin um, in, as, um, in, a, in a purified fashion. And then we went on and said, Big Day Prussian, Medrash L'Ochei Tuma. And then we said that the clothing of those that are careful to eat their chulin in a state of purification, their clothing is still going to be considered impure for those that are about to eat truma. So we see that later on in the Mishnah, we skip a level. We go from chulin. We don't say anything about chulin being a problem for those that... Um, then we skip chulin to, from from chulin. We skip to truma. We don't have the separate category of Meister Shani. So the second part of the Mishnah would seem to say that chulin and Meister Shani are actually at the same level. Seemingly, this would be going according to Rabbi Meir. Who would seem to say that Chulun and Meiser are at the same level as when it comes to purity and impurity. Are you going to tell me then that the first part of the Mishnah is going according to the sages and the second part or the last part is going according to Rabbi Meir? The Gemara says, in, yeah, indeed, that's what we're going to have to say. The first part of the Mishnah is going to the sages, the Sefer Rabbi Meir, and the second part is going according to Rabbi Meir. So now what the Gemara is going to do is going to give us um, um, another way to respond to not have to conclude that the first part is Rabbana and the second part is Rabbi Meir, based on a different reading of the Mishnah. Rav Achabar Ada taught in the end of the Mishnah, um, he actually taught it. Um, as if the, uh, including the fifth level, including going from Chulin to Maeser Sheni to Truma, which would then mean that the entire Mishnah could be according to the sages that see that that understand Chulin and Maeser Sheni is not being on the same level when it comes to purity and impurity. Okay, we'll stop here, um, and uh, we'll uh, continue at the end of 19b um, in our next um, in our next podcast.